from Alaska Teen Media Institute, this is Film Club, a podcast series where our youth film critics and cultural connoisseurs get together to spill the theoretical tea on a new movie each episode. These are spoiler-filled conversations. If you haven't seen the movie they're talking about, be prepared to learn far more about them than the trailers will tell you. I'm Atme producer Rowan Pickard. For this episode, the Atme crew are discussing the movie Promising Young Woman, written and directed by Emerald Fennell and starring Carrie Mulligan. Promising Young Woman tells the story of Cassandra, a young woman who is still dealing with a traumatic event from her past and sets out to get revenge on those responsible. Here's the discussion led by Atme senior producer, Daisy Carter. All right, well, my name's Daisy Carter. I'm gonna be be kind of the host of the roundtable discussion for Promising Young Woman. Um, if we could all just kind of introduce yourself um, with your name and your preferred pronouns, starting with the person that way. <laughs> Hi, what? my pronouns are she, her. My name is Sam. Uh, I prefer they, them pronouns. My name is Quinn and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Janya and I take she, her. And I'm Daisy and I use she, her pronouns. All right, so Promising Young Woman. That was a really intense, but I think important kind of film that everyone, not just women, but everyone needs to watch sometime in their life. Um, And I actually just looked up some stuff um, some stuff up for the Zoom meeting. And it is actually up for one, two, three, four, five Academy Awards this year, which is pretty awesome. Um, the five are for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. So let's take the first like couple minutes to kind of talk about just like, for, like first impressions. Yeah, Quinn, you can go first. You know, Daisy, like I briefly mentioned to you before we started the roundtable, I didn't know anything about the movie going into it. I just decided to watch it. Um, That's how I like to watch things. Um, It's more enjoyable that way. But um, for like the first half of the movie, I was kind of on her side. I was like, all right, girl boss. Okay. Like she's, um, I was like, I was like, you know, like I kind of get it. And then at like some point in the movie, I was like, uh uh-oh. Uh oh, uh oh, um, I don't know, but I really did enjoy it. Um, I yeah, I liked it a lot. So I agree with you, Quinn. I was totally on her side at the beginning. It changed for me though when um, she set her friend Madison up to be assaulted, or at least to think that she had been assaulted. I was like, you know, at the beginning, I was like, okay, well, maybe she killed him, but he did try to assault her. That's, you know, not great. But then as soon as she set her up, even though um, Madison wasn't being supportive of her friend that had died, even though like she said all these horrible things to her, she didn't deserve to be assaulted. So that's where like I drew the line. I thought it was like, I, it was a very enjoyable movie. Um, There were like, I laughed, I cried. I had to like look away at parts, but I will say that I felt like it was like exceedingly like like mediocre like there were some things about it I really did not like um which I can get into as the round table progresses but over I think that's the way I feel about a lot of depending on the film film obviously but a lot of like award nominated Hollywood movies these days is like there's a lot of mediocrity and I think this maybe fits into that category yeah 
Yeah, for me, the thing that struck me watching this is there were a lot of twists that I didn't see coming. Um, the protagonist um, basically, um, she sets people up and like kind of uh, does things in a way that looks like, for instance, her friend Madison got assaulted. She actually didn't get assaulted. She just woke up in a hotel room and had amnesia. Um, and there was another part in the film where she goes to the dean of her old medical school and she um, makes her think that her daughter is in a room with, I guess, presumably a bunch of hood rat young men that might assault her. Um, and I think like one thing that bothered me a little bit, despite really enjoying the movie, um, was that everything was like such a caricature. Um, the characters were just really exaggerated, which I know is, you know, it's a black comedy. That's something that's very common um, in that genre of film, but it kind of undermined the seriousness of the issue, I think, just looking at the characters and thinking, oh, like these men are so, um, so strange. So uh, like, it, it just, it just seemed like, um, you couldn't equate any of the characters to people in real life, which I think was like a weak point of the movie. I I really enjoyed the movie. I think it's a very important movie that I think um, a lot of people need to watch, like I said in the beginning. I think for me, it it's definitely a movie that I probably won't watch again, um, which, which that's how I kind of like rate my movies if I like want to watch it again. I definitely want to watch it again. Like, yes, it's a good movie, but it also, like, made me, like, obviously, like, really uncomfortable because, like, is that, like, how Quinn um, mentioned the part where they kind of, like, set up, like, her, like, supposedly, like, setting someone up who thought they were assaulted and, like, the stuff with the Dean, too, just kind of made me uncomfortable. But then, then I also think, well maybe she thought that that's the only way they could learn and they could understand where she's coming from too but then again very conflicting that it's like there's other ways to kind of deal with that when jania was talking about like how the characters were super exaggerated i agree and you know what here's the thing is like i can like all like like i was talking about and like you mentioned daisy like there was like a point where like i kind of understood like the reasoning in the slightest and but like yeah it sounds like you know um yeah like maybe like clearly she didn't really understand like a better way to do it but um yeah you know still crazy Cra let me just say crazy recognizes crazy um yeah in terms of like exaggerated characterness, I, I felt like some of them bothered me more than others because, for example, the crazy exaggerated men like didn't bother me as much because I was like that that made sense to me that these men would be like evil and dangerous, especially from the perspective of someone who has like like experienced a lot of trauma at the hands of men. Like like that didn't bother me. I felt like that was a trope that I that did the movie a lot of justice. But to me, the exaggeratedness of her character. Um, felt like an issue because I in my head I was comparing it to like other like media I've seen that has like depicted assault and specifically like recovering from it and I watched um 
I May Destroy You, like the HBO show this year, and also Big Little Lies. I don't know if anyone has seen those, but um, in both of them, it's like a very realistic portrayal of like what it's like to recover from like an assault or a rape. And in like this movie had literally none of that, which to me felt like an issue. And, and on top of that, like Nina's character was like not really explored or even talked about at all. Like at one point I got that, like when she was a kid, like she was like outgoing or something. But besides that, all I knew about her was that she was like, uh, like violently assaulted in, in medical school. And I feel like her character maybe needed a little bit more depth and just like a more realistic portrayal of like what it would, what it, what it's actually like to, to overcome these things, even from the perspective of her friend. And I also was very, like, of all the things she did, setting up her, um, like, previous classmate for, to feel like she had been assaulted, I was like, that that felt really kind of, like, violent and unnecessary, and never even explaining to her that, like, I think the audience understood that it was just amnesia, but it didn't feel like uh, I'm, Madison or Allison Bree's character really understood that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there's this whole canon of tv shows and movies it's kind of like the i spit on your grave um storyline where um the woman who has been assaulted or wronged is really vindictive and um you know some might say badass but the movie lacks kind of the emotional depth and i think like nina's character was very flat which was bothersome but also um Cassandra's character was her whole life was basically about what happened to Nina um and I guess that's kind of part of the movie but it it just bothered me because it like it seemed like you said like very two-dimensional so I felt like the point of Cassandra's character not being like super developed about herself was that this the thing that happened to her friend consumed her. So in the end, she mentions like having to drop out of school to take care of Nina, her whole life revolving around that. And now Nina's gone. And all she can think about is getting revenge for her friend, fixing what's wrong. And then there's nothing that she can really do. Like she didn't know about the tape in the beginning of the film. And then she, so she had no way to prove to anyone what had happened. And she hadn't been there. So it's not like an eyewitness account. So there wasn't really anything she felt like she could do until the end. And then there wasn't a way she could have them arrested with the tape, like, because Nina wasn't alive to prosecute that. It would just be her in court being like, I'm here for my friend, which is a lot less impactful than, I, well, it's still impactful, but it's considered to be less impactful than someone actually um, reporting for themselves. And then I felt like the male characters who, I didn't really feel like they were over-exaggerated. So I felt like it made a lot of sense that they were so nice in the bar, they wanted to help her because that's really what a situation would look like, I think. It's not like someone's gonna come up to you in a bar and be like, hi, I'd like to take you home and assault you. You seem very drunk. It's like, they're going to come up and be like, hey, I wanna help you get home. I wanna help you. Hey, let's go to my house. You can just stay with me tonight. Like they're not going to present it in a predatory way because you wouldn't go with them then. So I felt like that made sense even, um, yeah, all of the examples of the male characters made sense. I don't hate men, I'm just saying. Um, it, it makes sense that they would act nice and then do something. You know, you're totally right. Because the whole time, um, the whole time I was watching it, a lot of the male characters were men that I have encountered in my own life. Um, the part where um, 
she is on the date like the date with the guy and he starts talking about how he hasn't written his screenplay because he's a perfectionist if i had a dollar for every single time someone has said something along those lines to me i i would be able to pay my college tuition but um i was cackling so hard it was just like you're totally right those people do exist in the world and like every time like like in the movie like where she like revealed that like she was like more sober than like the men thought I was like I had the exact same thought as these men I was like oh my god I was like oh my god she's doing it she's doing it because um yeah that is like such a scary moment that um so many women have found themselves in and like it was just so nuts to like see someone like kind of come alive in that moment um it was just um it was really nuts yeah one of the notes that i have is that i forgot how cringy guys are like i totally forgot how like you're so beautiful like it's just like cringe <laughs> so something that I kind of wanted to talk about and you know these guys constantly like in the beginning were just like oh like I'm a nice guy like I wouldn't do that like I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy um and even through the end like you know they weren't holding themselves accountable and they were saying like oh it wasn't my fault like that's that thing happened you know and they were just saying they're a nice guy to save their face so I kind of wanted to ask the group what in your mind what makes a nice guy um i th this is a funny question to me because i feel like i've always thought of nice as just like the worst way you could possibly describe not the worst you know there's definitely worse ways but it's not great so to be like actively assaulting someone and then to describe yourself as nice it's like what do you think you're like like what do you think you're really doing there and i also in this in context of this movie i i thought I, I want to talk a little bit about like Bo Burnham's character because I I already like hate Bo Burnham for like like irrationally like I like he was a little funny in this movie but I just like don't like him as a person I don't know why you know I, hopefully he doesn't hear this but um I felt like the whole time like they were like falling in love air quotes I was like I was cringing the whole time and I like had, I had to look away at certain parts during like their most romantic moments because I was like this is so painful to me like but like there's no depth to Bo Burnham's character he literally just only makes jokes and is like is a doctor and there's like nothing else to him and to me I guess that's the definition of like a nice guy it's like because he like because he like makes like these like mediocre jokes and like has a good job he feels like he can kind of like like get away with anything and like and then when she finally confronted him that he was like there and in the video he like he literally only cared about his own career and like it immediately was like, yeah, very, you know, not nice or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree that their relationship development was really cringy. There is that scene where they're um, in the pharmacy and like dancing in the aisles and stuff. And I was just like, oh, please, <laughs> this scene needs to end right now. Um, but I, I think like, so I did not expect the um twist where Bo Burnham's character Ryan was like part of the assault on Nina and like retrospectively it's it was like really obvious that that's what would happen and um but when it did happen I was I was not happy about it but I was relieved because it was like 
his character up until then had been just so perfect, so nice. Um, and I think from like a character standpoint, he needed to have done something bad or else that movie just, you know, it, it would not have been the same. So. Listen, um, not to like draw a reflection of this movie into my own life, but um, you know, anyone that describes themselves to my face as a nice guy, immediate, immediate no. Um, you know, I've, I've dated a nice guy before, you know, I have. And um, it's, I'm not sure if like, their man like their mother moms are like telling them that they're handsome like handsome too often or where they get this confidence but it just makes me so uncomfortable um you know like the thing is is like you like you were saying there is like absolutely nothing special about Bo Burnham's character and I have met people like that and I am just like one one time I did date a nice guy and he treated me extremely poorly. And one day I was like, hey, I would like it if you stopped treating me so poorly. And he went, honestly, I can't believe you th like threatened me. And I went, what do, you, what do you mean? And he went, you said that if I continued to treat you this way, that you wouldn't hang out with me anymore. And I feel like I've been really nice to you. And I don't know what else you want from me. And I was so confused. And I have continued to meet people like that. And I know that I'll meet people like that for the, for the rest of my life. And um, I know I'm kind of ranting, but if you are the kind of person, if you are listening to this and you are the kind of person that describes themselves as a nice guy, just know that you're not a nice guy. And that's all I have to say. Period. Um, yeah, th that, that that is a red flag, definitely. If, if they say that they're a nice guy or if they say that they're weird or that they're different or like, or like that Have one- dark humor. Yeah, well, anyways, but like, yeah. I, remember, <laughs> I remember like in the film, yeah, I think what, what Quinn said earlier when the guy was like, oh, like I'm just such a perfectionist. Like I'm such like a screenwriter. I'm just like, God, I hate that so much. Um, yeah, and I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, what defines a nice guy and I also, I was thinking about it while you guys were talking. Um, and I think it just also like depends on the person. Like maybe like for, like for me, like a nice guy is someone that communicates and that's honest. Like if, like if someone's brutally honest to me, I'm like, cool, I get it. But like, I think it also just like depends like on everyone's like nice guyness level, if that makes sense. Like, cause some people need a lot of attention. Some people don't need a lot of attention. Some people need chicken nuggets every day. Like that's just how it is. And I think you need to communicate that with your partner. That's why like communication is key. So as long as I can talk about their feelings, which some boys can't, like they really can't, like it's fine. Yeah, um, I think that nowadays when I hear the term nice guy, um, I at least use it in a sarcastic way. I'm like, oh, he's a nice guy. Um, and I think that guys that describe themselves as nice um, do it because they ascribe to like 
the things that are seen as gentlemanly and courteous, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm a nice guy because I pay for dinner. I open the car door for my lady to get in. Um, I do this and that. I do these gestures. Um, but it doesn't mean that they have the underlying level of respect. And it doesn't mean that they're putting in the work to understand um, women's experiences or the experience of any, of any person that's been assaulted or faced harassment. Um, so yeah, nice is not a term that I really like. I think it's very lukewarm. Um, I would definitely say like respectful is what I personally look for. Um, you know, if I can add, um, I really don't like uh, just like calling yourself a nice guy because you are doing like the literal like because like you bought someone like dinner or like you held the car door open for them. I've also met um, many um, nice guys that feel the need to explain to me why they're feminists, why they're actually feminists. Um, they're like, I don't want you to wear makeup because you're so beautiful. Like in the movie, like, like because it like, cause you're feeding into like this societal, no. Um, I, I've met people that have like, just like explained to me all the reasons why they're not disrespectful to women. And I'm like, you realize that like, in doing these things, you are being disrespectful to women. Like you're being weird to women. I, I, I don't know. You're being weird to women. I don't know how else to say it, but um, it's like this, um, like, I don't want to, not even like feminism for clout, but like convincing, it's like this like weird idea of like convincing yourself that you're a good person. But let me tell you, if you're a nice guy, like exactly like Jania said, it is not a term of endearment. All right, so back to the movie. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about like how the effects of the movie kind of like reflects in our lives. Um, I also kind of want to talk about the ending. Now, I cried twice in this movie. I cried at... Um, Okay, it's kind of a lie. I only cried once, which was at the end. Like, I was just like, I was, I was, I was like, no, no. Like, I knew it was happening, and then like, I couldn't even like believe it was happening. And then I was like, no, dang it. <laughs> like, I was so disappointed. But it was funny. I was talking to my sister who hasn't seen the movie yet, and I told her like, like this movie doesn't really have a resolution. But I feel like that's kind of the point. Like, it's like, it's not supposed to be a resolution. It's not supposed to be an ending. We're supposed to take this message that this movie shares and, and like, just spread it or just, you know, go about it a different way. So I just kind of want to get you guys' opinion about, you know, the ending. I, you know, movies with no resolution like this, I hate it. I hate a feel bad movie which you know that's why I'm not that's why I'm not in film school that's why um you know I watch movies for fun um wasn't my favorite I really was hoping that wouldn't happen to her you know I was like the whole time I was like is she faking it again I was like I hope she's faking it again all right I was like it's time for her to pop up but um she didn't she ain't popping up she ain't popping. Yeah, I was really confused about how the audience was intended to feel at the end of the movie. Um, because the final scene where 
they're at the they're at Al's wedding and cops roll up and start arresting people. Um, it it had a tone like it was supposed to be a happy ending or like somehow satisfying or like like she was getting justice even after her death. But it's like she's not there to experience that. And um, I just found it like so deeply dissatisfying because the the um the true like triumph over a traumatic experience like that would be being able to like move on with your life and like continue living and eventually you know try to heal and overcome um and it didn't end up that way like two people's lives got lost both Cassandra and Nina and the fact that like Al and maybe some of his friends were going to get um, prosecuted or punished in the end, like wasn't satisfying because even, you know, even if the perpetrator gets thrown in jail or like has to do life in prison or whatever, that doesn't really mean anything for the victims. Um, so yeah, the ending for me was, was rough. I was left feeling very, very unhappy. And I also think like the, violent scene where Cassandra is killed by Al was really like, I, I also expected her to pop up. It was like definitely a hard scene to watch. I'm not like a squeamish person when it comes to movies, but I was like, wow, this is, this is really heavy. So I thought the movie was gonna end um, and with her death scene. And I thought that that was you know, extremely dissatisfying. And then I thought it was gonna end with her burning. Um, in the end when they, you know, are trying to dispose of her body. I was very happy that it ended with the wedding scene that had a happy tone at the beginning and then the police showing up and arresting Al and his friends. I also, um, you know, the guys that start running away, it was like, of course, they're going to be caught. There's no way they're going to get away from this. I think the reason that Cassandra had to die, right, in air quotes, of course, you know, she didn't have to die. But I think the reason that it was important to the film is that the assault case was so long ago um, even with the tape, there's a chance that it wouldn't have had much weight and that it wouldn't have really been an important case. Like the victim is dead. There's no one who's really going to care about this case. Um, of course, it's still important for the family to have justice, but there wasn't really much that could happen. So they would serve minimal terms, even if it did go to court. So with Cassandra being murdered, it added extra weight to the case. And so everyone who's involved with that would be punished to the extent that they could be punished. Um, hopefully, of course. <laughs> You know, um, I kind of feel um, a blend of both of your guys' feelings to the movie, only because, like, at first I felt like that immediate, like, oh, sweet, like, they're not going to get away with this, like, at least, like, they're, like, when the cops started showing up and Bo Burnham had, like, the, these, like, weird little automated texts. But um, also, like Jania was saying, I kind of felt like, yeah, nobody really won at the end of the movie. Like, just like deep down, nobody wins. I mean, I, I personally, I am, my very favorite show is SVU. I watch it all the time. And I feel that way all the time when I watch SVU. It's just like, nobody wins. Like, um, like you were saying, even when they send someone to jail, like it doesn't like take away what happened. And it's like, you know, and it just, um, it makes me it makes me sad. I don't really know what else to say. I think that 
the best possible scenario in this. Not like the best, not the best scenario for a film, but the best um, scenario for the characters in the film would be if, you know, Al went to jail and then Cassandra was able to move on with her life. The second best, I think, is like Al gets to live his life out with his bikini model wife and Cassandra also gets to live out her life and eventually move on from what happened to Nina. Like, this is just frustrating to me because it's like the families don't get their daughters back. Um, nobody gets to undo what happened. And yeah, it's just a little irksome to me. I did not like the ending. <laughs> I, I also cried like when she was, I didn't see that coming at all. I, I feel like I saw the Bo Burnham twist coming, but her dying out of the blue for me. But yeah, when for the, the cops part, like when they pulled up, and they literally had like, I think it was Angel of the Morning. Like it was just this like romantic song playing as they were getting arrested. Like I was not there for like the carceral, like feminist vibes, I guess. Cause to me, I feel like, like this is like an uninherently, this is a very political movie. Like it's about feminism. So why are we using like, why can't we think outside of the box? Like, why are they using like, which in my opinion, I guess, are the wrong politics. like. I don't necessarily think that anyone wins when they go to prison because realistically they were people of like very high status and privilege. They're probably going to get out in 20 years having learned nothing because they're going to go to prison where they probably experienced more assault. And then they're just going to be worse people living in their parents' yachts or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't know how it could have ended. Like this is a movie about vengeance. So I don't know what type of vengeance would have been better, but I would, I felt more like I was more there for it when it was like vigilante justice and she was going to like, you know, like carve Nina's name into him or like do some crazy shit like that, which also is maybe unproductive and like no one is going to leave that situation like having like progressed or having healed, but at least it's not like relying on like these cops, which are, and which I feel like, they probably just like having those people prosecuted is going to make the situation worse for everyone. So when you guys were talking about how like you just did not expect for 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 her to die, it was a very it was like a super duper big twist for me too. And I think what was interesting when you guys said like oh I expected her to just like pop up, pop back up, because I think like the movie sets up that like she just plays that something bad's happening to her. So you don't expect that actually something bad's gonna happen to her. So I thought that was really like, I thought it was really smart on like the filmmaking kind of side. Um, something that I also kind of wanted to mention, um, some of the style, like some of the stylistic stuff was very pretty. Like some of the shots were very pretty. Like I remember like, I think there was one shot where, um, where she found out that, um, that Bo Burnham, since we're just calling him Bo Burnham now, <laughs> where Bo Burnham, um, where she found out that Bo Burnham was there um, when Nina got raped. And she was at a, <laughs> she was like running into like these trees. And I really liked that, like there was like, I think there was two trees and she was near like the farthest tree and it just looked really pretty. And it like showed that she was just kind of like alone and spiraling. And I really liked that. That was really pretty too. Yeah, from a cinematography standpoint, I actually quite liked this movie. Um, I was also gonna mention the tree scene. I thought 
the music that accompanied it was really good. I just, it was a great moment in the film. I agree. This movie was like really just visually stunning. It was just really pretty. One of my favorite things about the movie was um, Cassandra's parents' house, how they lived in like this little pink house. The whole time I was like, I want to live in a little pink house like that. Not in Ohio, but you know, literally anywhere else, I would love to live in a little pink house. But it was um, the movie itself was just like, even though you know, even though there, we discovered there's a lot of problems with this movie, um, it is very pretty. So we'll give them that. Things I thought were pretty, like I liked. Um, she, she kept like tapping her nails, and she always had like really nice nails. And then at the end, her hand was like the last thing they threw into the fire that was like I felt like maybe I'm reading into it but I thought that was pretty cool um or you know like good foreshadowing or whatever um I like the coffee shop I think Laverne Cox deserves like best supporting actress or something for this hot take (laughs) yeah but yeah overall I mean I laughed out loud multiple times which you can't say about every movie so there is definitely some some good moments I was just gonna say I'm the exact same way I'm not really one to like laugh out loud but um like I said I at some points was laughing so hard I was like there were just some points in this movie that were extremely relatable I gotta say a little a little more relatable and I was like just cackling it was so um yeah it um made me feel a lot of things i'll say that laverne cox literally deserves every award she is such a talented actress she does not get nearly enough recognition she's fantastic on orange is the new black but also she totally deserves best supporting actress for this film even though they did not give her nearly enough screen time that's all i have to say thank you she also deserves the best documentary academy for disclosure which everyone plug everyone should watch that very good movie um, another thing that I thought was really interesting was the beginning, not kind of bringing it back around, but the beginning, um, how they were kind of like showing like for, for lack of a better terms, like a bunch of dudes as with like dad bods and they were just like really like, over, not, not, yeah, I guess like overweight kind of like men, no Quinn, but very like overweight kind of men just like gyrating like their pelvis and stuff like that. It reminded me of of like opening of like openings in Fast and Furious movies which I hate Fast and Furious movies with a passion I don't hate a lot of things but I hate Fast and Furious movies anyways so it kind of reminded me of like an opening of that um where like there's like gyrating like ladies like being like all seductive and I thought it was interesting because it kind of like turned it on its head that it was the guys who were looking at these like women seductively. Now we're looking at them trying to be seductive and it's like weird, but we're like, like we're looking at them, like how they would look at other women, if that makes sense. Right after that scene, like she was catcalled and she just looked at them. So I think that was like, she just like looked at them and then they stopped and then they were like, what? Like, well, what, you, you can't take a joke like and then they just got like really flustered and like walked away and I, th- I thought that was interesting to just like the reversal of like the gaze or whatever like having the, her- 
I'm really glad you brought that up because the thing is, is I have done that to people before. I have done that to people before and got the exact same reaction. They're always like, F you, like, what are you looking at me for? I'm like, why were you talking to me like that? I'm like, why were you talking to me like that? Um, the thing is though, is like, sometimes I'll do that. And then um, I go, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't play with fire right now. That that man could snatch me that man could get me um you know the thing is sometimes i have to ask myself if it's really worth it but sometimes you know just gotta stare back so i think on your point about like the dad bod scene you know for a lack of better term uh as you mentioned is so in our culture it's so prevalent to just sexualize women in every form of media even at award shows like when they're just showing off the dresses they do like a full body scan it's just just it's disgusting. It's horrible. We should stop. Please stop. Hey, stop. But um, to see that reversed and to see men sexualized in that way is so jarring because it's, I mean, at least to me, it, it's very weird, right? I, I don't think that's something that we're used to seeing. And because no one does that to men because people respect men. So maybe we could try respecting women some more a little bit, just a little bit. Just maybe. I would I would, I think that we could come to the conclusion that like men are gross. Hot take. That's all. We can end it now. All right, but <laughs> yeah, you hear the term like male gaze um, talked about a lot, which is like movies and other um, visual, like visual art um, is often from the perspective of like heterosexual men. And thus, like, oftentimes it's, women being sexualized and like it's the bikini bod running on the beach and all that stuff and then like when a movie is reversed and from like a female perspective I I I can't remember where I saw this but somebody was saying like the some some person was saying that the female gaze is more about like oh like seeing a man who he really is like emotionally getting to know like if a woman is in a movie falling in love with a man, it's from her perspective. It, the female case is all about like seeing the real him and like his depth and all that um, and not about his physical attributes. So I agree with you all. It was really, really interesting to see the gyrating middle-aged men in the first scene. I think a term that really goes along with the word nice guy for me is the term not all men because every single time someone, the only people who I've ever seen get offended by the term not all men are nice guys. You know, I don't know how else to explain that. The thing is, is if you are, um, I don't know, I feel like, um, I mean, I understand, like, I feel like when we say things like, um, like, uh, like a very broad statement, like men are like gross, like, I mean, of course, I'm not talking about every single man. Of course, I'm not. Yeah, I feel like nice guys think that there is a formula to getting laid. And if they like, if they do these nice things, then a woman is like bound to sleep with them. And they just feel entitled to that, Um, which I would also agree it's an epidemic. And there's this whole rising internet tide of like, I don't know if you guys have seen like red pill on Reddit or just these, these guys that are so frustrated because women don't want them or they feel like they're doing all the things that they should be, but 
you know, they're, they're still not getting laid and all that. Um, and it's so unhealthy because they just have this virtual environment to like bounce off each other and like hate women basically. I recently saw this YouTube video about the concept of like a pickup artist and those communities where they teach men, like, if you do this, for sure, she will sleep with you. There is no way a woman could turn this down. And it's like, just these, you know, just these guys going, the random men going to this class and being like, oh, this is how I'm attractive to women. But they don't acknowledge that some women aren't into them, like just at all, or that not every straight woman wants to sleep with him. Like, it's just, it's such an issue. But also I do want to say that, um, like the female gaze can be just as toxic as the male gaze concept. Like, of course, like most women, I think, or I guess I can't even say that. A lot of women, when they're looking for a partner, they definitely care about who they are on the inside, but there are, you know, who doesn't want to find their partner attractive. So I think both can be damaging. I understand that this movie is about women's experiences. So I'm not at all trying to discount that by saying like, but men too. But I do think it's important to acknowledge that um, men experience things like this as well. Just to interject really quickly. Um, yeah, I've seen so many people th that are the nice guys. Um, they always like, th th they always bring up like what Madison says is that like, oh, like guys like only or girls only care about like muscles and if they have like a nice butt and it's like, no, not really. They'll like, they'll like pull up stuff that's like, oh, like, you know, people are really attracted to Zac Efron and like Channing Tatum and like really like surface level stuff um on the men are disgusting point in this movie they were some men kind of sexy uh, i have to say it you know that is true <laughs> um, but uh what else was i gonna say oh i i love i really like Janya's point about how like when the male gaze is reversed it, it it sometimes has to be like women seeing like men's emotional whateverness because i for some reason we're talking about channing tatum a little bit too Magic Mike was popped into my head. Incredible, like, piece of cinema. But, like, there's lots of sexy men in that movie, but I don't think you can call it, like, feminist because it's, like, a female gaze or, like, you're, like, sexualizing men or something like that because that never comes across as, like, a reversal of the male gaze just to see sexy men. Like, I think I, yeah, that resonated with me that it has to be, like, something else. If I could say, I think... um when we talk about things like unrealistic expectations um, that men have of women, I do think, you know, I definitely have unrealistic expectations of men um, every single time. Every single time I have extremely unrealistic expectations. But um, the, the unrealistic expectations I've met like I've seen um I once met this um guy I was friends with that told me he only dated women that were 5'10 and under 120 pounds and I went where are you finding these women and he was like my last girlfriend was like one like 119 and six foot and I was like what I was like, that's just like not anatomically possible. I was like, that just makes no sense to me. And, um, you know, um, one, like, it's just like the way that men make comments about like women's bodies um, was the same, the same summer, the same guy one time made, uh, made a joke about, um, about fat women. And all of a sudden everybody in the group looked at me 
every single person looked at me and the next day he came up to me and he went listen Quinn I really want to apologize what I said about fat women and I was like well I mean like I guess I accept your apology I was like you just didn't need to say that I was like I just don't I was like you just don't need to say stuff like that you know um but yeah like um I've just met um a lot of people with some like just like sometimes I just find myself being like what did you think like what did you think was gonna happen when you said that or like how did you think someone was gonna react or like you really think like people like this exist in real life is a thought that I have very often in my film class there was a conversation I kid you not in 2018 there was a conversation in my film class that they were just openly talking about how black girls are not pretty just openly were just like they're ugly they're disgusting and then like and it wasn't just one guy it was a group of guys that were just saying this and I went up to them and I said like what makes you think that like black women are not pretty and they said, oh, because, you know, like their bodies are all weird and they have big lips and like, it's just all weird. And that made me very self-conscious because I have pretty big lips. And that just really obviously hurt me. I'm not saying that I'm a black woman, but it just really made me uncomfortable, especially because one person, one guy said it and then a bunch of other guys backed that up. And I just walked away and I just, and I feel like I wish, like if I could go back in time and like, just kind of like tell off those guys cause it was not that long ago. And I thought about that situation when people say that they were nice guys, because guess what you guys, they were what? Nice guys. And so it, it was just awful. And that's just honestly what I was thinking about through this entire movie. and. What kind of inspired me to have this conversation because again I have seen it and also another thing too that I've seen is I grew up around guys I never really got along with girls um so I would just hang out with guys a lot and they would always be nice guys and they would always you know like asking questions like how do you be nice and like how do you do that like in middle school and stuff like that and it's just like just treat us you know with equality and respect and what sucked was that once I started getting older, like they kind of were just like distancing themselves from me because like, I don't really know why. I mean, I don't know why, but they just kind of like started like distancing themselves from me. And it just kind of sucks that, you know, I, but then I think back, like, you know, I probably shouldn't have like, like put so much pressure on myself to be like, oh, I should have done something more. Cause in reality, unfortunately there was nothing I could have said or done in that moment of time to be like, you know, just be nicer dudes. Um, I've also been in many, uh, I think we've all been in spots like this, like time and time, this happens to me all the time where someone will say something. And in that moment, I'm like, do I say something? Do I not say anything? Because I mean, sometimes you can say something, but sometimes saying something makes the whole thing worse. And, you know, um, I think the only thing that we could really do is um, really kind of watch like the language and the terminology we use. And, um, you know, also just like, I, I 
in self-reflecting, I've realized that I've, I've let these nice guys play tricks on me before. You know, I'll be honest, I've been tricked by a nice guy or two, but you know, moving forward, um, I'm only gonna be dating no boys with nose rings and not the kind that get nose rings for attention, the ones that mean it. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I think it's something that I'm trying to do is just like kind of um, try to um, not put up with that kind of stuff anymore and just kind of, you know, just shut it down when it happens. Yeah, um, some things that I kind of wanted to close off um, on was just some final thoughts about the film and ways that filmmakers and people can kind of change the culture around how we talk about um, you know, sexual assault. And we didn't, I'm so sorry, we didn't even get, get into the topic of um, internalized misogyny as well that I kind of wanted to touch on. So maybe we can touch, like we can briefly touch on like how filmmakers and, you know, people can, you know, change our culture and how you think that we could change our culture. Um, and yeah, just any financial thoughts and yeah. Yeah, you can go first. Please stop making pick me girl movies. Please stop teaching girls to act like this and to hate other women and other girls and put other girls down. It's not helpful for anyone. It puts girls against each other when they should be working together. It's such an unhealthy concept that so many of us grew up with. Yeah, I was gonna say movies can just try to stop being so tropey with the whole like manic pixie dream girl thing. Like the girl that's like different than all the other girls and she's she's perfect and she changes the guy's life and that's what the movie is all about like I don't know I think having more female directors more narratives that center women women of color especially um and just being conscious of like whether your movie does things like pass the Bechdel test which is like are is there a scene where there are two women talking about something other than men like very simple but a lot of movies don't pass that test and I think directors in general regardless of their gender or anything just need to be conscious of that you know I'll be the first one to admit that I have been a hater I've been a hater before um I will be a hater again sometime and I think you know like like we were discussing that a lot of movies just like stereotypically are set up like with like to pin women against each other and um you know i found myself being like um like one example i could think of is um i love going to flea markets i live in la and i love going to flea markets but every single flea market you go to there are just literally hundreds of like um girls with like boot cut jeans and like little purses and like big pants little tops and I'm terrified of them I'm every single time I go I'm like oh my god I don't look like the girlies like they're I'm I'm afraid of them and I'm like I'm different I'm different I'm way different and one time I went on a date to the flea market and I made a comment I was like do you see all these girlies right now and um the guy I was on a date with nice guy but um he went have you ever considered that you might be a girly 
And um, that moment, I was like, whoa, I am a girly. And you know, after this conversation, like there's nothing wrong with being a girly. It's really fun. It's really fun and it's nice. And I like it a lot. And I think I agree. We got to stop pinning women against each other because being a girl is a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, I agree with, with, with pretty much everything that's been said wholeheartedly. Um, I feel like one thing I'll add is like, I, I love representation. It's so important, but there's also like, I in some level to me, like bad representation is almost worse than like no representation. So, you know, not just women, people of color, like on, on in front of the camera, trans people, like gay people, but also, you know, getting paid behind the scenes, like writing the stuff, like write the type of experience you've had and like give young film filmmakers like all across you know, any type of marginalized identity, money to make films. Yeah, so I'm so glad we've been able to like, you know, talk critically about this movie because um, I think it, that is very important as well. I think it's gonna be really interesting how we view um, this kind of culture in the future and what kind of films come after this. Because obviously we've talked about its flaws and how it, kind of falls short of what the message is and what the message needs to be so i'm excited to kind of see how other filmmakers kind of take this and and make something different um with it you've been listening to film club a production of alaska teen media institute our show's theme music was composed by kendrick whiteman Alaska Teen Media Institute is based in Anchorage, Alaska. We would like to acknowledge the Denina people whose land we work on. Many thanks to supporters of our podcast, including James McCoy and John O'Hara. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent the views of the National Endowment for the Humanities or other sponsors. Thanks to our listeners who contribute to our programs and help us leverage additional funds and grants. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Alaska and help keep our podcast going, you can support us through Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a membership platform that makes it easy for you to support creative endeavors like Atme. Just go to patreon.com slash alaskateenmedia. You can also help out by subscribing to, rating, or writing a review of our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every little bit helps us to get our stories out there. And if you're a youth ages 13 to 24 who's interested in becoming a member of our team, go to alaskateenmedia.org join to find out more. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For Alaska Teen Media Institute, I'm Rowan Pickard. Thanks for listening. <laughs>